TV and Tarot Talk, The Walking Dead Edition. I am your host, Nyeth Rice. And I am Meg Watson. And the purpose of this podcast is to explore tarot in a chill, casual, and fun way through the lens of TV and pop culture. This series is rated mature and might not be suitable for those under the age of 17. Mature content listener discretion is advised. And in today's episode, we will be exploring... The fool. And within The Walking Dead. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, additionally, spoiler-filled podcasts. We will be uh, discussing the whole, the, the entirety of The Walking Dead universe, what's been uh, published and is available out there. Graphic novel, main series, spinoffs, all that fun stuff. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Warning. All right, so let's get into it. Finally, I'm excited. Okay, I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's start with the keywords real fast for the full. So I just did like a word pile again. New beginnings, possibilities, innocence, potential, openness, playfulness, wisdom, or folly. Kind of depends. Um, ignorance or more like naivety, uh, risk taking, wandering blind, blank slate, fool's journey, the hero's journey, and unexpected circumstances. Mm-hmm. And fear of the unknown as well. Yeah. Could be that. Could be worse. And then um, for the imagery in the Rider Waite Smith deck, we have a humanoid figure standing under a bright sun, standing on a cliff. Looking into an open sky on a clear day with a satchel on their right shoulder and a white flower in their other hand and an animal companion warning them of the dangers ahead. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, because sometimes people listening might not necessarily have the card right in front of them. So it's fine. Oh, I have the card in front of me. <laughs> um, all right, so I guess we'll probably be talking about which characters fit this full uh, energy. Yeah. It would, would you like to start with your first point? Um, well, we definitely start off with Rick waking up out of a coma to find that he is in this very altered world, which is, you know, pretty pretty cool. Like, um. And he has to go through this world, meeting new people and learning about how the world works through other people. Yeah. And yeah. Um, figuring out his place in this new world. Right. Yeah, he definitely opens up the story. Mm-hmm. One thing that I had to note was that um, one of the symbols on the full card is like the flower. And in the pilot episode, Shane brings him flowers. Um Ooh. Which, 
which um, in that case, it helps us to give the passage of time mm-hmm. by the time that Rick actually gets out of the bed and tries to get walking. Yeah. Also, the fact that they don't mention on the show exactly how long it's been. He wakes up and the clocks have all stopped. It's like time just doesn't exist anymore. Oh, I think I think that is pretty apt, too, for the full card. There's almost like a stillness with that card. Yeah. For sure. Because if I ever get in a reading, it's kind of like, what? Why? (laughs) (laughs) What is uh, it? If it comes up in a a timing reading, just like don't read about that. Right. Like, um, like the hangman has a stillness to it, but with the fool, there's an airiness about the stillness. Like, yeah. definitely that unknownness of it with the hangman, there's almost a different kind of like, you know what your circumstances are still. Yeah. Are. You're like accepting the, the, yeah, lack of time. And the fool is just like, I don't know what time is. Is this real? Am I here? Wake, wake up. Uh, you were you were talking about um him waking up out of a coma. It's almost like being rebirthed into this new mm-hmm. strange uh world. Especially because it, he starts off in the hospital, like. It's it's an enclosed space. It's granted it's the new world, but it's um it's isolated. He doesn't know how far outside this craziness goes. It's just I wake up alone in this hospital that is completely trashed. Um his first view of any walkers is through that crack in the door. So he doesn't see a full walker. Oh right, don't open dead inside. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a little glimpse of what's to come, but without actually knowing how far it goes, how encompassing this change is. Yeah. And then, too, he like you said, he's in the hospital, but it's not it's also he's in a hospital gown, right? He doesn't have shoes on. He's practically naked. And I kept thinking of the, the Marseille fool with his pants down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's fair, like ass out. Like that sounds funny, yeah. but hospital gowns are very um they you just you feel exposed, you feel vulnerable yeah. and naked if you've ever had to wear one of those things. Yeah. Um no shoes on his feet. And I'm if you've ever not your clothing. Like nobody owns true. a hospital gown. That's true. That's true. Yeah, so that vulnerability is so present. Um, in that pilot episode, you're with him. You are like, what is going on? Yeah. It is just carnage everywhere. I can't even imagine what was running through his head. Seriously. Well, then we have like little glimpses of, you know, coming out from the hospital. And when he first opens the doors, the sunlight just blinds him. And it's like, you have to readjust your view of the world your way of approaching the world um through the senses and that feels very apt for the fool to me yeah that that makes a lot of sense because isn't um isn't there like a metaphysical 
um, oh, I can't, I can't think of it right now, but uh, definitely something to do with the light and the weight of light and this brightness that has to do with the full card in, in a meta sense. Yeah. Um, I that mean, Rick, had the, yeah. the yellow coloration, the sun, the, the open sky. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything is new. This is yeah a completely new experience. And then he kind of goes through the same thing with sound um, in the second episode when he's in the tank. He um, shoots that walker, and it's not until after the ringing in his ear stops that he hears Glenn on the radio. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he so it's kind of like reset of the senses. Like, how do I approach this new world? Well, I have to do it with new sight, with new hearing. Oh, with the new sense of smell, too, because even yeah. before he gets to Atlanta, he stops to get that horse and mm-hmm. he goes inside that house where those people are and he yeah. catches like the smell of death, essentially. Yeah. Um, and he even like, you know, his body reacts to it really viscerally. Yeah. And then with the um, he and Glenn covering themselves in Walker guts. Yeah. Past the zombies. And it's like you had to readjust your idea of how they approach the world through their senses mm-hmm. so it's it's not just on a personal level it's like okay well how how does this world work through the senses in a, a way that I'm unfamiliar with yeah which is all new experiences yeah um, and and uh just yeah, head head first into the unknown. Um, I I do love that scene when um after after Rick gets that horse and he gets um he has his bag full of guns. He's on his horse and he is riding into Atlanta. He has no idea what he's walking into. Yeah. But for me, that's like the that first stop. the solidification, or at least the first visual that we get that kind of just reminded me of the full card. Like, okay, he's gone through this birthing process, like you said, from the hospital, uh, meeting Morgan, getting the wisdom from our good old Hermit Morgan. Um, and he's like, okay, I think I think I know what I need. And I'm going to go on this journey to go find my wife and son or Mm-hmm. what would be sanctuary you know um and we know that he doesn't know and we're scared yeah. for him <laughs> but he has all kind of like the things the animal companion yeah. the bag full of things that he thinks he needs and just the things from his past the willingness to go into the yeah to, to just go for it the like belly i don't the, know what's ahead but i need to find out yeah yeah Absolutely. So something else. Oh, there's also the um the as you were saying about the innocence and naivete. Mm-hmm. Um, the first full on walker he sees, not the torso zombie, um, but when he's sitting in front of his house and there's a walker in a suit in the middle of the street coming towards him, mm-hmm. and he waves. All right. <laughs> Yeah, because he doesn't know. He doesn't know yet. And that's when uh, Dwayne hits him in the head with a shovel, which is like, <laughs> that that's so perfect for the fool. Like, hi, Walker. Bam. Right. Yeah. 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 Completely oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
also on his way out uh while he's so he he gets out he gets blinded by the sun coming out of the hospital and he's walking he sees all the bodies that are wrapped and then he walks up uh and he sees like this helicopter Mm -hmm. and so i because morales calls him helicopter boy yeah and one of the elements i think is uh for the full card is the air element Oh, yeah. So I found it kind of interesting that Morales calls him helicopter boy. And so when I saw the helicopter, I had to pause it for a second um, because there are like, if you were to pull out the two of swords, you have like that symbolism where you have like two swords almost crossed, um, which is like peace or truth um, in, Mm in the hermetic titles. And the number seven, which is the chariot card. So so the idea that it brought up to me was that even though Rick doesn't know what he's going to after having seen the whole series, that his lesson is a lot about finding peace in the chaos. Mm-hmm. And, and what is humanity? What are you trying to hang on to? Right. And, and peace in some of the choices that he has to make mm-hmm. and ultimately finding pe- somewhat peaceful living conditions. And being at peace with the decisions that you're making. Right, exactly. Like, he struggles with that a lot, but then... So much. But I feel like that's a lot of his arc uh, is is coming to terms with and finding peace with the very violent side of himself versus mm-hmm. the very, you know... Well, and the fool's journey is not linear. That's true. You, you go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Back to relearn lessons or to get more nuance out of a lesson. Yeah, So absolutely. I think that, that works perfectly. Yeah, so it was just like a symbol that I saw, and I was let me dig into this, and I was like, actually, that kind of makes sense for for Rick's story, um, and people look to him like as a leader, mm-hmm. and they find peace in him being that leader, in in uh, in most cases, <laughs> not all the time, not all the time, but you know, in most cases, or they're trying to help him find his peace to get back to him his self yeah. or whatever so anyways I, I just found that like an interesting little but you mentioned the number seven and um his badge is a seven-pointed star oh i didn't even catch that yeah that's good <laughs> yeah that's really good and i mean the, the symbolism in that is like you know there's the perfection of god and the seven days of it's of creation and um this is a new creation this is a whole new world i love that that's good. And uh, also the Kabbalistic tradition of it representing Venus and the power of love. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, setting that aside in um, when he puts the, the badges away mm. and, you know, takes off the shirt and is like, I'm no longer a cop. He has to find the power of love all over again in a way that makes sense to him that isn't like a handed down symbol. That's true. Yeah, because, yeah, what is even, what is the world? Like, what what are the new rules, right? We Even mm-hmm. as an audience, we have no idea. And all he can tell himself is he's not a cop anymore, which at least he's tethered in reality there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not hanging on to the, the past. Right. At least not that part of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, he definitely still has that, the innocence of thinking that, the people that he knew in the past are still going to be those people. 
mm-hmm. that that this in, huge change in the world hasn't changed them. And I think that everybody on the show struggles with that. Yeah, I think that's a really big, big piece of of the world is like, because even, um, God, even moving forward, like when Michonne, the episode where she's pregnant with RJ. Oh, yeah. And she sees her friend from the before times and how that goes completely sour because of what this world entails for a person to have to survive. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, it's, it's rough stuff. But yeah, I think every character struggles with, with those concepts for sure. I mean, Herschel too, like not being able to let go of the fact that these are no longer people. This is not your family anymore. There's no reason to keep these walkers in the barn. Yeah. He struggles big time with that. That's a big, and Herschel, um, I guess if we move to Herschel as a as a point, um, he even references to himself that he's been a fool. You thought there was a cure. Can't blame yourself for holding out for hope. Hope. When I first saw you running across my field with your boy in your arms. I had little hope he'd survive. But he did. He did. Even though we lost Otis, your man Shane made it back, and we saved your boy. That was the miracle that proved to me miracles do exist. Only it was a sham, a bait and switch. I was a fool, Rick. And you people saw that. Um, and even though he's a man of faith, he wanted to believe that the walkers were are sick people and that they could be cured. And he had that hope that he had. Yeah, he had that that. Yeah, definitely that conviction, that optimism that, you know, it it could be better. But they were so isolated on that farm. Mm-hmm. He he didn't, and even he was, it was like he was still in the hospital when you know, like Rick is in the hospital, he's still figuring it out. But right. like, hopefully, things outside the walls are okay. Yeah, and Herschel, it, it took a lot more than just opening a door for yes. him to be like, okay, things are real different. Yeah, yeah, he had to have. Um... Although it didn't take more than opening a door because it was when the walkers come out of the barn that it was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that that's well, yeah, it was when when Shane, like, basically flipped out. We've been out. We've been combing these woods looking for her. And she was in there all along. You knew. Ladies hey, Shane, just hey, stop, get your hands man. off me. You knew and you kept it from us. I didn't know. That's bullshit. I think you all knew. We didn't know. Why was she there? Yeah. Otis put those people in the barn. Maybe he found her and put it in there before he was killed. And you expect me to believe that? What do I look like? I look like an idiot. I don't care what you believe. Everybody just calm down. Get him off my land. Let me tell you something, man. Hey, don't touch him. Haven't you done enough? And, I mean, listen. So, here's the thing. Shane is a kind of i want to say 
he so if Rick so Rick is definitely he opens the show, but it's Rick and Shane that open the show. And they are mm-hmm. two sides of the same coin. Oh, definitely. Shane is not wrong for wanting to kill the walkers inside the barn. He's not. Mm-hmm. His approach to it though leaves so much to be desired. He's like yeah. zero bedside manner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he's like the 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 more extreme extreme case of like well even more like the ill dignified um of of the emperor but we'll we'll get into that you know we get into that episode but anyways like you said his bedside manner but it took that shock that unexpected circumstance for uh or experience for herschel to understand if i'm shooting him in the chest it why is it still coming if it's human i shot it in the stomach twice why is it still coming yeah can a human survive these things when we meet Herschel because Carl gets shot. Yeah. And it took one bullet for him to almost die. So, yeah. you, you know, he, he has to shock him into understanding the the realities of um of how dangerous the walkers are and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's another thing about the fool. It's not just that he learns lessons by meeting other people. He affects those people. Like, they're all on their own journeys and the fool instigates change like okay this is how things were this is how things are now you need to be on the the same page with me here so many there's so much to say about the fool and the walking dead yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's the truth because it's a case could be made for all the characters Mm -hmm. that we meet um and how they how they are i think one of the bigger things with the show as a whole is the fact that we do meet so many new characters. And every time we meet a new, new character, it's, it's that full moment all over again. Are these possibilities going to benefit us? Are they going to be a danger to us? Mm-hmm. We are just completely like, as an audience, we're just like, Oh my God, what, what is going to happen now? <laughs> <laughs> the characters within the story have to also make these choices hard choices because the world is just the status quo is completely different mm-hmm. nobody actually knows what that status quo is yeah um, that is the biggest unknown they have to try to set it themselves but different people have different definitions of that mm-hmm. and um that's what part of what makes the the story risky and makes the stakes so high because what is normal for us with Team Rick, it could be the mild version for another group. Yeah, and the fact that it starts off as a world we recognize but altered. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the show, it's like, no, this is a very different world. Mm-hmm. I guess I can say, um, speaking of um, Shane, um, even Shane and Merle are examples of impulsiveness and Mm -hmm. recklessness reckless behavior that Mm -hmm. tends to put other people at risk and they're both selfish it's there's not really consideration for other people it's about what's good for me that's true yeah because even if they're kind of like uh, i don't i don't know so much about merle but even even though Shane is because look Shane I was when I was doing the rewatch I was watching it and I'm like you know Shane is who Rick becomes 
at a certain mm-hmm. point. Like when when they get to Alexandria, and Michonne got to whack him in the back of the head to shut up. Yeah, that is what Shane is in season two. Mm-hmm. What Rick is doing there. Um, so it was just very interesting to kind of go. Uh, I mean, Shane ain't. He's just reckless. Like. Even Andrea tells him, like, listen, you're right. It's just how you are approaching yeah. is, is is atrocious. Like, you you have to, you know, you're trying to save or protect everybody, but you're doing a piss poor job at, like, using your words well. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like, just putting people at risk because the whole barn thing, yeah, he, like, handed out all the guns and stuff. But, um, well, but when, uh, when Rick goes back to try to rescue Merle. And Shane, the entire time, was like, this is a terrible idea. We need people protecting this camp. Right. Like, why are you risking your life for fucking Merle? Yeah. But, you know, Rick is that good Samaritan. He's like, I have to go. This was my doing. And he's still there. And he's probably still alive. And it's my responsibility to go back for him. That's true. And he was also thinking about Morgan. Yeah. And um, making sure that he doesn't end up in Atlanta. Yeah. Because that's just a trap. Yeah. Yeah. Shane. Yeah. Yeah. Shane. Oh. Uh, Shane, 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 Shane. Shane, Shane, Shane. <laughs> Shane, I want you. Okay. Anyways, yeah. But him and Merle definitely, like you said, um, put, put, put other people at risk um even if they have the right like re- like grasp of reality it's just mm-hmm. yeah he struggles with getting people to get on board with him and yeah it, get, it gets kind of bad all right let's talk about some other characters that uh well branching off of the, the moral thing daryl has daryl yeah his yeah. journey throughout the the show, I like re- on the rewatch, I had forgotten what a dick he was for a season. <laughs> He's just like this annoying kid that you're like, dude, get it together. Yeah, you can completely understand why he listens to Merle because Merle at least thinks he has the authority, right? And he doesn't have that, you know, positive influence which is what he gets throughout the show and grows and becomes a more mature, responsible, together person. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's a little bit hot-headed. Um, but he is also a loner as yeah. well. And his heart is in the right place. Yeah. It like is. He's the, he's the first one to be like, "We're no, we're going to keep looking for Sophia. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's happening. That's true. He's like, I'm going to go out on my own and, you know, nearly get killed to go look for this child. And that's yeah. before he and Carol even really have a connection. That's true. That's super true. Yeah, anytime we have Daryl Dixon on, on the screen, m- more times than not, he is off on a side quest <laughs> from the main group. But it's like, it's all about his journey yeah Yeah. that's true yeah he he definitely was trying to find Sophia like crazy and even when um like when Judith is born he is the first one to be like oh we need to go get formula yep and yeah so he does have that 
like that innocence when it comes to like kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. And dog. Yeah, he does get a dog later. We love that. We love that. God, it would be so Daryl Dixon to just name it dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daryl has a really good arc. So does Carol as well. Carol. I love Carol. Listen, I was cracking up, you know, rewatching, and she was like, that boy is disrespectful. <laughs> well, I like when uh, she, she, um, goes on top of the, the RV and Dale is like, I gotta go do something. And he tries to hand her the gun and she's like, I don't know how to use that. I cracked up. Yeah. There was a like, couple give of, it like three seasons. You'll be fine. Yeah. There was a couple of things, uh, that she, you know, a couple of lines that she had that just had me cracking up <laughs> because I was like, is that how the Carol that we know and love today would have handled that, you know, mm-hmm. then. And I'm just like, okay, all right, Carol. But she has a very, um, like her character changes a lot. Daryl's character changes a lot. You definitely see the emotional growth and the experience for those mm-hmm. characters. And Morgan as well. Like, yes, he, he kind of starts off more ahead than Rick, but he definitely has a regression and then has to come back from that. Yeah. Yeah, I always found it interesting that Rick and Morgan kind of, I don't know how well this would actually track, but like when Morgan is really down, down and Rick is around, he tries to pull him back from the brink Mm -hmm. and vice versa happens as well. And it's just like when one of them is like, nope, I'm not going to kill nobody. The other one is like, you know, I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) what is happening? Well, and then Morgan uses that knowledge of how to help bring people back with Carol when she's like, nope, I need to be on my own. I can't be around people. And he's like, I'm going to keep visiting you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so definitely we have Rick being the fool for bringing, like opening up the story for us. Mm-hmm. We have Daryl and Carol and Morgan as full characters because they they also have their own arcs where they tend to go off by themselves mm-hmm. at various points in time and carry a lot with those journeys. Yeah. That ultimately end up coming back to the main group. Yeah. And somehow helping them or um and, and changing their perspective on yes. like how the world works, what their place is in the world. Mm-hmm. What's really important to them. Yeah, I think these characters all have, like, the most changes that happen as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Carol and Daryl especially. Yeah. Definitely Carol and Daryl. They are not the same. Like, they are just so different later on. And, and mm-hmm. Morgan, Morgan, too, a little bit. Even though Morgan goes over to fear, his... his He's carrying the lessons from The Walking yeah. Dead. Yes, you fear the walking dead. Absolutely. Those are kind of the same characters that I had. Um, all the children are also could be kind of mm-hmm. your. I don't want to say, you know, that they're foolish. It's just that they're children and they have that airiness and that, you know, they want to play or they might not have a good sense of what's really happening or they mm-hmm. have to just grow up faster than than normal so seeing the children yeah. um that are presented throughout their show and their 
arcs, whether long or short, um, all have ways that they all figure stuff out or don't. Yeah. I'm already thinking. I'm already thinking about stuff, but uh, particular, but particularly with season two, like poor Sophia, right? Um, mm-hmm. She is, she runs off. She yeah. she's lost. She doesn't she doesn't know. And by the time by the time they open the barn, you know, everybody feels like a fool. Like Herschel feels like a fool because just the reality check that he needed. Right. Yeah. But everybody didn't even know that Sophia was in there. Right. There's that, too. So he just was ignorant or naive to the fact that she was in there. Well, and and if Shane hadn't done what Shane did, Otis would have been able to say, oh, I found that little girl. True. That's true. Yeah, that's that's Shane did. Listen, okay. Shane. <laughs> um yeah no you're absolutely right that's true he he probably could have came back and be like actually yeah you know maybe we could just check if it's her or not you know yeah yeah um but by the time yeah and then even for our group too right they're putting down all all these walkers and then Sophia comes out and Rick has to do what Rick has to do mm-hmm. it and all they all feel like assholes because they've been out there looking for her every day yeah and it was just like, it was a whole waste of time. Well, and the idea that um, Herschel was trying to get them to move along, like, this is yeah. not permanent, you need to leave when you're all healed up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And if they hadn't opened those doors, Sophia would have been just in that barn forever. They would have had to move along and leave her there and never know what happened. That's true. Yeah, that unknown all stems from Sophia. Yeah. And that, that whole- like... Mm-hmm. Um, your inability to face reality has consequences for other people. Mm-hmm. Also, I think something else about this show too is um, it's not like a straight hero's journey, right? Mm-hmm. It's it it is um a little bit on the gray side. Yeah, as you as you continue throughout the the series, there's I mean. You know, Rick, the quote hero, because he's our fool, right? He opens up the story. But he has his moments where he's like the anti-hero. Oh, for sure. When he bites that dude's face. Oh, the next. Yeah. Oh, I love that scene. <laughs> I don't, but that scene. Like, you just see it in his eyes, like, uh-oh, Rick's about to lose it. Yeah, like, that particular scene, though, I don't, I mean, it is pretty gory, and. He has his reasons. But I, I don't, <laughs> I think. Yeah, we we get a moment of instinct going hard there. But yeah, he definitely has his anti-hero moments. He has his merciful fool moments. And he has his just losing his mind. Yeah. Like when they're in the prison and he's getting phone calls from Lori. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um but yeah, it, it, it's definitely like a nuanced enough show that uh, to just say that, you know, while in the beginning, you know, Rick wants to be that good Samaritan, there's all these situations mm-hmm. that put him in. You you would. What I love about the show is that it makes me say, oh, wait, what would I do in that situation? Yeah. You know, and how could you from the outside looking in, it's easy to judge. Oh, I wouldn't do that or. 
especially on the rewatch where you're like, you know what happens. Yeah, it's true. Because like the first time it, you watch it, it's it's so new and it, you're great there with him. And then as you rewatch it, it's like, well, I'm knowing what I know now, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And like, does that affect how I would react in that same situation? Yeah, I find. Yeah, I really wanted to say th- this piece, but but how some of the characters react like early on, like I think you know it's easy when you're first watching it to yell at them and go, "No, of course you would do it this way," blah 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 blah. But then you think it on a rewatch, and then you think about it, and you're like, "Actually, that's this is probably how I would react." Yeah. In all seriousness, it yeah. might be the oh, like okay. In the judge, jury, and executioner episode, the Carol is like, whatever you guys decide, just leave me out of it. Yeah. She don't want to know anything. She wants to be, she just doesn't want to know. She won't have anything mm-hmm. to do with it. But that's being complicit. Yeah. You know about the situation. You know it's going to weigh one way or another. And by you not participating, you're still kind of like, right? And But that's something that... um it just easily happens, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, well, if I don't have to be the person to make the decision, just leave me out of it. Well, and she's so used to not being the person to make the decision. Like at that Ed point, yeah, was so controlling. That's true. Uh, from like one of the first episodes when they're, or maybe it's a flashback when they're on the road and she offers Carl, one of the um, emergency rations that yes. Ed has packed. And then he's like, how dare you do that? And she's like, oh, I guess we forgot to pack them. Hmm. No, like, um, her inability to make those decisions to, like, hand over that power to somebody else. And it takes Ed's death. Yeah. And seeing other people do the hard thing for her to be like, okay, I gotta step up. That's true. That's true. I'm trying to think once one of her first, like, pushes towards that towards that shift it's so subtle i there's one right after uh shane beats the shit out of ed and he's in the tent and he's like you know licking his wounds Mm -hmm. and he wants sophia to stay with him and she's like nope she's gonna come be with everybody else you can right oh that's true (laughs) they do such a beautiful job with carol and showing that growth you know, very slowly, but in a very natural way. Yeah, I like agree. It all makes perfect sense. I agree. And then, of course, one of the bigger unknowns, I guess, keeping into the themes with the, the fool is nobody knows how the virus started. Yeah. We you know, still don't know. The show has wrapped and we're like, nope, don't know. No, it's, it's not in the graphic novels. Mm-hmm. It's not. I think they try to hint to it um, in the end series. I'm sorry, in the World Beyond series at the end of when that show wrapped, there's an end, a end credit scene um, where we get like this video of Dr. Jenner. Have you seen, seen that one? I must have missed that scene. I gotta go back. Okay, yeah. There's, um. anyways, and then, so there's this whole thing, like the whole, for me, the reason why I want to watch the Daryl Dixon, Dixon show is because he he's going i guess they're saying he's going to france from what i understand which was and, where the last cdc are um, right that's what the where, that, they were the last ones to work on it 
Right. That end credit scene kind of gives you a reason to want mm-hmm. to go figure out what's going on over there. Oh, so. Shatter's so interesting. He's such a fascinating character for only being in, like, what, two episodes? Right. Right. Um, like he just comes in, drops some knowledge, and then, like, sends them on their way. <laughs> it's true. I mean, all they know, all he, all he can tell them is how the virus comes back, mm-hmm. but not what started the virus, and that everyone's infected, or apparently, yeah. and nobody knows why or how. Um, Which is kind of perfect, too, because it's like, no one knows why the world is the way that it is. We can figure out how it works, but we don't know why. Right. I think there was a rumor. I'm not sure if it's actual canon or not, but like um, something about the virus coming in from outer space or something. <laughs> I mean, that goes back to Night of the Living Dead. It was it's like to be a, like a meteor from Venus or something or radiation. Right. right. I think that's yeah, the goof on it. From space. Yeah, I think that's the goof of it because it's not really anywhere specified that way. I just think. Yeah. It's and a, ultimately, it doesn't matter. Like, that's, that's not true. the point. That's true. Still unknown. Just, what a world, what a world. <laughs> yeah, because we're, we've been doing a rewatch, and we're both like, what, maybe just now getting around to season three yeah. for a rewatch. But you have the same, uh, you have an echo, uh, I guess, of something similar where Herschel doesn't want to see the reality of the walkers when they get to Alexandria. You have uh, Deanna and all the community of Alexandria not really aware of very the sheltered. actual danger. Yeah, very sheltered and unaware of the nature um, of the world outside of their walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even Team, team Rick, uh, they don't know what dangers awaits them by the time you know they say they're gonna handle uh the saviors Mm. you know because they've been doing big things up to that point and then they realize oh oh crap this pool is a lot bigger than i thought it was right big big fish fish anymore big fish little pond into the small fish in the big pond yeah 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 for sure for sure Especially after the governor, like the, the governor was totally manageable, but it's same idea. Right. You know, that kind of like, I'm in charge of this community. It runs the way I want to run it. Um, keeping people out Ig- of the know. Ignorant, yeah. Yeah. Oh, letting them be naive. Yeah, because they even do yeah. like barbecues and stuff, right? At, yeah. Uh, they have like holiday celebrations, which is, you know, very cute, but and then we have the same thing with the kingdom too. But that's yeah. that's a much more wholesome community. You know, that's that's not like yeah. <laughs> keeping knowledge from people. It's not being not wanting to, to um putting a bur- reality of Yeah, like the burden of what is being done. Yeah. Versus manipulating them for like self gaze, self yeah. gratifying purposes. Yeah. True. Oh, you know who's a very interesting character as well? Um, I mean, I think all these characters have different archetypes, but uh, when we meet Gabriel, mm. he, oh my God, his journey is so interesting. Yeah, he has a very 
interesting arc as well. And he, he, he goes back and forth. He changes a lot, just like Carol and Daryl. Um, even though we meet him a little bit later on, but yeah, his, his changes are so interesting. Well, and that's another one where he's been so isolated up until he runs into these people. Mm -hmm. Like he's, yes, he's had his beginnings of this world's, um, stuff, but he hasn't really dealt with other people post zombie apocalypse. Right. By the time they meet our uh, team Rick. Yeah. yeah. Or by the time he meets team Rick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Another one isolated. Yep. Mm-hmm. And his was a self-imposed isolation, which is extra interesting. Yeah. I, everybody deals with stress different. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Because his, like, he doesn't have any weapons Mm-mm. by the time he goes out there. And so that is, like, the uniqueness. Because when we find Morgan and Cleared, he got, he has food, but he also has a lot of guns. <laughs> he has yeah. a lot of weapons. So so that's, like, the contrast between, you know, Gabriel's uh, almost not, not, yeah, almost like this turtle in his show kind of character and not wanting to rock the boat and not wanting to be violent in any way. Well, just like ostrich with its head in the sand, you know, like if I can't see it, it's not a danger. If I don't think about it, it's not there. Yeah. Until his back's against the wall and he has to grow that spine. and And part of that comes from having to face what he did. That's true. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, that the zombie's, like, right there. He can't even. And it's like, oh, shit, I know her. I did this to her. Right. Which gets into the, you know, um, the church symbolism. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's he's definitely a character for, for a whole nother card. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but in terms of just the... Uh, like these long arcs. I mean, a lot of these characters have these really long arcs, but Gabriel particularly has a night that that real naivety by the time we meet him. I think some of the um, characters we meet later on, they're already exposed to the world, so we don't get the same, you know, change in character so much mm-hmm. um, because they're already attuned to the world around them. We just it, it becomes then at that point whether they're an ally or yeah. an enemy. Oh, and then we have Enid, who's like the opposite of that, where she hasn't been around people, but she's been out in this world on her own. That's true. And having to adjust to Alexandria and being around people, especially people who are so sheltered. Oh, man, there's so many characters. (laughs) All right. I guess we will start wrapping. Um, Any last little points you want to make before? Before wrapping it up, I was just thinking, um, thinking about finding yourself and what that means to you. So, like for Rick, starts off, I am a police officer. I am a husband and a father. Um, gets his uniform, gets his weapons, um, gets that sense of this is who I am as a police officer then going off and looking for his wife and son to find himself through what his definition of himself is. And then having to adjust that definition 
as he goes along on this journey. Yeah, that's good because every time you strip a label, mm-hmm. what does that mean for your self-identification? Yeah. And because nothing happens in a vacuum. So in terms of the world around them, right. Mm-hmm. Um, he becomes what we call a team rig because he becomes the leader. Like even when he loses his wife, who is he when he's not a husband? Mm-hmm. Um, who is he when he doesn't have his best friend? Yeah. Who was always his, his right hand man. Um, that, that changes him so much. And then yeah, and just adjusting your yeah. definitions and what, where, what anchors you in your sense of who you are and how much other people affect your sense of who you are. Yeah. So, so it could probably be said that for the, for the full card, the question is, you know, who am I, but like keeping the possibilities open of, of not necessarily allowing yourself to be tethered so hard into any particular like label or circumstance or situation because changes. It, ultimately it's all impermanent. Right. Yeah. Right. And being able to be flexible enough to recognize that I think might be something that, um, Gives a little bit of, I mean, sometimes hard, change is hard sometimes, you know, but regardless, um, if just knowing that and having that there, maybe adjusting is a little bit, can be a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. All right. So very, very good point. No, I, I like that. So for, for the full, like kind of like who, like, who am I in without labels or circumstance or yeah. all, all these, all these things, just innately knowing without having to explain it to anybody, mm-hmm. trying to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that because that is an ongoing internal question. I think that a lot of us deal with all the time. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, because it's the truth. It's the truth. There's just sometimes it's like, you know what? I can't, I can't socialize today. Why? Because I'm just thinking about myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about all these changes that have happened and what does that mean for me and how do I proceed? Right. And okay. A perfect example, I guess just to talk about myself for just a quick moment is kind of like after the whole, um, COVID thing, right? I, I had, a, I needed a moment, man. I needed a moment to just like, process everything that happened and then when I'm finally come back out the other side of it I'm kind of like you know what I'm doing a podcast (laughs) like it sounds funny but that's my happy comfort zone is is audio things audio related things um and yeah I mean it sounds weird but it's like it's part of my truth that it can be flexible enough to carry different, uh, different kind of content and things. And I'm just down to support anybody. And like, I don't know, I just had this big, big, big idea, but it all hit me at once. Right. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I know, I know what we're doing here. And, um, well, I think that's, that's true for both of us in terms of COVID and, um, tarot nerds. Cause I yeah. started doing, 
like really buckling down on content creation during mm-hmm. the pandemic because it was like people need something to do. Mm-hmm. We all just need something to do. Yeah. And I was out of a job for a while and then I started working and I was able to get overtime. So I just worked a lot. Yeah. And then I was tired from work. <laughs> so, <laughs> But now things feel a little bit more level, you know, to be able to get get this done. So I'm, I'm hope hopefully the reception will be great. Yeah, um, it would be nice to come out of that, you know, COVID isolation and bring some of what we did during that um to the community yeah absolutely um and that that's something you know facebook is just one platform and i feel like the podcast is just it's another platform in which Mm -hmm. to engage um with the community you know yeah and um participate both ways so speaking of participation um you know, definitely don't forget to subscribe so you know when we upload a new episode. And the discussion question for listeners this week would be what other instances of the full card within the main Walking Dead series um, can you find that we did not cover in this episode? Uh, your thoughts and ideas, characters, circumstances, anything like that. We're going to have a post in the Facebook Tarot Nerds group. We'll put a disclaimer and let you know that if you answer on there, that it might be read um, on the new episode because we definitely want to maintain your privacy if needed. Otherwise, you can email us at tarotnerdspodcast at gmail.com to, and then we will talk about it on the next episode. Um, and then next week, we will be covering The Magician card in the walking dead i'm excited about that (laughs) yeah thoughts 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 (laughs) all right well i have been your host naya thrice and i'm meg watson thank you for listening to tv and tarot talk we will catch you on the next episode peace